Thank you for joining us for the latest instalment of the Momentum Podcast. I'm joined by Tom Taylor, who is a commercial insurance broker who set up his business, Foxhall Risk Management, in Suffolk in September 2022. Still very early days for Tom, but we thought it was the perfect time for us to catch up with him and discuss how he made the move to self-employment and the challenges he faced. Tom wears his heart on his sleeve and no doubt will share the detail in respect to the challenges he faced and the impact it had on his own mental health. For those who have doubts over whether this move to self-employment is right for them, I expect Tom's story will resonate with them and hopefully by listening to this podcast, they will be able to get a better understanding of what it involves and how they themselves can make it happen. A big thank you, Tom. Thank you for joining us today. Most welcome. Thank you. So tell me just a little bit of background. How long have you been in the insurance industry and, and, and what have you been doing during your time? I've now been in the industry for 19 years, uh, fell out of university into insurance, uh, started off in uh, the actual claims department in 2002, spent three years bouncing around Ipswich doing various claims jobs before arriving in Broking in 2004, working with the same set of guys through two various uh, company guises and during that time basically developing my knowledge and expertise within the sector to the extent where I felt comfortable enough to take the step to go out on my own in uh, September last year. Wonderful. And for a lot of people, there's like a defining moment um, that, you know what, this is the moment. I'm, I've had enough of this. I'm sick of being employed. I want to be self-employed. Or or for others, it can be just simply a long childhood dream, potentially, where they've always wanted to be uh, run their own brokerage. So was there a defining moment for you? Or, or how did you sort of come to that point where you thought, this is what I want to do? It's an interesting question. I think with the nature of account executing is such that there's a degree of entrepreneurial spirit within each and every account exec in any case. So, you know, you are to a greater or lesser degree left to your own devices. Running parallel to that, the guys that I worked with in my previous life sold their previous brokerage to one of the large consolidators in February 2021. And that for me was almost a somewhat of a prompt to step back from what I was doing, take stock and think about whether I wanted to continue working with them for the foreseeable or whether, as you uh, suggest, you know, it would have been a suitable time to then explore the possibility of going out on my own. So that for me was, it's a combination of, as I say, the natural entrepreneurialism that comes with the account exec role in any case, alongside the circumstances of uh, my previous employer selling up, really then planted the seed for me and put me in a situation where I thought, you know, is this something that's worth looking at? Is it something I should look to pursue? And that's really how it came to pass. It's an interesting thing you make reference to. You know, you've got a huge amount of respect for your ex-colleagues and, you know, you work with them for a huge amount of time. You're part of the furniture. And, you know what, things weren't materially wrong or anything. Nothing was actually driving you to say that this isn't a great place to work. But, you know, you've seen the guys exercise a sale option on two occasions and pocket the money from your hard work. It must have been quite a difficult thing in a way for you to sort of accept. Yeah, I think it's, it's a fair point. It's, it's exactly that. You know, you work with these people day in, day out. The directors of the company who, as you say, I've got immense respect for. And again, you know, having learned the tools of my trade alongside them, it's fair to say I wouldn't be in a position to do what I'm doing now without their without their guidance, help and expertise. Yeah. That said, however, yeah, it, it is something where you see, obviously, those guys setting up, making the money they make from the sale. Yep, that's the game. I understand it. I've got no issues with that. But then you look at that and you think, well, actually, if they can do it, then why the hell can't I? Great way to look at it. Yeah, I like, I like that, Tom. 
you've been through that sale process twice. And, and as an employee of that business, how, how did that affect your clients? Was it even an issue for your clients? From a client's perspective, it was a case of going in to see the vast majority of them saying, look, all that's changed is the back name behind us. You know, you're still dealing with me. It's still Tom Taylor. You know, I'm your day-to-day point of contact. Nothing changes there. You know, as far as you're concerned, midterm adjustments, claims, renewals, the whole shebang, everything still goes through me. You might just notice that at the bottom of the letterhead, the typology, you know, the typography there has changed somewhat. And yeah, I mean, from a client's perspective, some of these clients I've known for, you know, 15 years, they don't care. You know, are you still there, Tom? Are you still looking after us? Is the is anything going to materially change in terms of the day-to-day operation of our account? And the answer to all those questions being yes, yes, and no, nothing changes. The clients don't care. The clients don't buy the company behind you. The clients buy you. And that's the key point here, you know. And the interesting thing is, 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 is that confidence of seeing those changes go through ultimately would have driven your own confidence about the ability for you to do what you've just done now, which is start yeah. your own insurance brokerage. Exactly that. Confidence is, is key to all of this. I think it's recognising throughout all of the changes, are your clients affected by that? And again, to reiterate, no, they're not. With all of that, your clients turning around to you saying, as long as you're there, as long as you're my point of contact, we will continue to work with you. And that's the key thing there. And if you look and you think, well, you know, if they're prepared to follow me for the sale of a company, then I, would they be prepared to take the next step and follow me when I set up my own? Now, of course, I'm under covenant at the moment. So we're still, you know, I can't say for, for certain that I will do, but I'm extremely confident that upon conclusion of my covenant, a number of my clients will be coming back to work with me again. I very much hope that that will be the case. And I expect that. We'll come back to your covenants in that limbo period, which you're in at the moment. I mean, you're only four months, four or five months into uh, starting your business. But you had this mindset that, you know what, starting an insurance brokerage or going self-employed is maybe something you wanted to do. But it must have been a big decision for you to actually say, do you know what, I need to talk to someone about this. So you joined us um, from Recollection. You saw something uh, on LinkedIn about us having a confidential broker Q&A, which was your first engagement yeah. momentum, wasn't it? How, how, how was Indeed. that? The Q&A itself was very helpful and very informative. It's more so than anything else in that it kind of reinforces the fact that if other people had taken this step before me, then there's no reason why I couldn't take this step also. You know, It's fair to say that the entire process is, is enormous. There's no getting away from that. The decision to leave a secure salary position and basically just to take that step out into the world beyond is is comfortably the biggest thing I've ever done professionally or indeed personally. Now, leading up to that, again, as an initial step of all that, that confidential Q&A was extremely helpful to speak to other ARs who've been in the situation before to get a feel for, obviously, you know, what it was like to take that step and to get a sort of like a general overview of the challenges that they experienced and faced and really to sort of get a basic understanding of how difficult it might be. You talked before about being part of the furniture. You know, you've been with the guys um, for many, many years. must have been a massive step for you to actually... Well, get your head around the fact that you're about to resign and then actually walk in there and say, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's fair to say I was exceptionally nervous in the fortnight leading up to handing my notice in for the reasons you've outlined there, working with a team of people who, frankly, weren't colleagues, they were friends, and turning around to them and saying, you know, guys, thank you for the last 18 years. I'm now doing something very different. And actually, the actual doing of the deed itself, whilst it's fair to say it came as a great shock to my colleagues, it went much, much better than I thought it might have done. 
I remember us talking prior to you resigning, talking about your notice period. Now, you had a longer than usual notice period of six months. Like most people in your predicament, uh, had high hopes that you'd be put in the garden. But uh, yeah. you pretty much ended up working uh, your six months notice, didn't you? I did indeed, which I, th- I think is fair to say would be quite, you know, it's quite unusual. The thought process behind that for my previous employers was they didn't have anyone to replace me. They needed to undertake handovers of the various books. And you find yourself in this rather strange sort of limbo where you're sitting in front of your clients with your colleagues undertaking these handover meetings. You're reinforcing the point to your clients that nothing's changing for them. That's the key point. Everything you're doing when you're going through this process is with the client's best interest in mind because the intention, of course, is that in the fullness of time you want to be working with them again. That said, it is a strange place to find yourself in, turning around to customers who you've known for many years, in some cases whom are valued friends and saying, I'm going now. Here's Joe Bloggs. Joe's going to be dealing with my account. I encourage you to work with he or she for the foreseeable future. Something of a pantomime almost. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a weird headspace to be in. And when you sort of sit that alongside the fact that you are working the six-month notice period, and let's be frank, you're doing it begrudgingly. Yeah, again, mentally, it's an unusual place to find yourself. You're five months into your business. You're five months into your covenant. You must be eating up inside in, in some ways in regards <laughs> to not being able to talk to all your... The guys that you've you're literally you know um, dealt with for... 10, 15, 20 years, basically. It does, yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird place to be in again, you know. I mean, the first point to make there is you can't mess around with the covenants. People might turn around and think, oh, you know, I might be a little bit cute. I might be able to persuade one or two clients to come over to me. For me, that's not an option. It's just not something I can risk. I do not have pockets anywhere deep enough to defend myself against the inevitable litigation that would ensue by the side too. So that's the first point. You've got to respect the covenant. The second point is, is just be patient. Covenant is going to be there for a finite period of time. What I would say to anyone that's doing this, if, if you back yourself uh, in terms of your relationships with your customers, and if you've been working with these people for years, in some cases, you know, like some of my cases, like 10, 15 years, the reality is, is that upon expiration of the covenant, you can then talk to these people again. Hello, I'm back. Let's talk to one another again. And I very much hope and indeed expect that a lot of them are going to want to work with me. Four or five months into the business, how's it been? It's exhausting. There's no getting away from that. I am tired all the time. I think about money all the time. I think about work all the time. It is relentless. That said, it is also the best decision I've ever made, and I don't regret it for a second. There will be low times, and there have been low times, where you query yourself, wonder whether or not you've made the right decision. Imposter syndrome is a massive thing, definitely. You know, you query yourself and wonder whether or not you're good to do what you do. But then the payoff for that, of course, is when the good times do come and you win that bit of business, the buzz that you get knowing that that money is yours and yours alone is like nothing else. Coming out of a meeting where you've met someone for the first time and they've agreed to work with you and knowing that the income is coming to you and into your company and into your pocket is indescribable. That first win is the sweetest win you will ever have in your career. No, and, and I genuinely mean that. It's it's unbelievable. So it's it's fair to say the entire process is extremely intense. An ongoing challenge for me is trying to sort of like maintain a level head, you know, not get too down when the low times come and try and not get too excited when yeah. the good times come. And it's difficult. It's really difficult. Does the team at Momentum help with that? Because I mean, obviously you're part of something a lot bigger, if that makes sense. Yeah. And how do you tap into that uh, day-to-day reassurance, your day-to-day just checking in to see everything's going to going to plan? It's knowing that you've got the team there at the end of the phone. Of course, you can talk shop with them. And primarily, that's what you will be doing most of the time, spending most of your time doing. But 
like yourself, you've been a big support to me, you know, like knowing that there's that um, that friendly voice at the end of the phone to pick up and talk things through with. And again, the broken team behind them, you know, always very good. I'm following a path that I think 85 others have followed before me. And obviously the team at Momentum have basically seen those individuals follow the same process I'm going through right now. And upon occasion, you call up and you say, what about XYZ? What about ABC? You know, what do you think about this? Um, how would you process this? And the team are very good with that. It's, um, it is definitely a challenge working in isolation and working independently, you know, moving from. It's, it's something that, that challenges me and it continues to challenge me, but it is gradually becoming familiar. And in layman's terms, it's gradually getting easier. And when we talk regularly, it's not uncommon for me to get a first thing in the morning, uh, what's that message from you? Say, give me a call when you're free. Yeah. How important is it to have that network that you can tap into as and when you're having a, I say a moment or having something, you're just struggling to work out how to progress. Really, really important. Again, it comes back to, uh, you know, the point I made a second ago, which is that working at home, working in isolation is challenging. It's not for everybody. Definitely not. You know, motivation is a key point. And I think, I think, you know, just a lot of the time you can sort of like a, assuage sort of like your own concerns and worries on any given day by, as you say, having that early morning chat first thing or speaking to another AR about whatever it might be. Perhaps it's a technical query on a specific policy. Uh, maybe it's a marketing query. Maybe it's a broken strategy that you might want to run past. Be it speaking to the team at Momentum about that or another one of the ARs, I think it's crucial that, you know, wherever possible you look to utilise that network, work on those contacts and keep those lines of communication open. We had a couple of interesting conversations prior to Christmas and, you know, Christmas is notoriously a very quiet time in the insurance industry and going out there and trying to drum up business, it must be incredibly difficult. But to be fair to you, you managed to get a win or two across, didn't you, over that Christmas yeah, period? Yeah, indeed, yeah, which, which is massively satisfying. It's interesting, again, the Christmas period is, is traditionally a very quiet time. I mean, construction is my background. The construction sector shuts up for two weeks between Christmas and New Year and very little happens. Now, in times past, when, you're, when you've got a salaried secure position, you view that as being, oh, fantastic. It's a chance to have a couple of weeks, you know, fill yourself full of turkey, drink all the whiskey and just forget about work for a couple of weeks. You don't have that mindset when it's your own business. And it's interesting because that in turn sort of like leads on to like a wider sort of like mindset regarding the nine to five mentality. There will be times where things are quiet and you end up sort of like querying yourself and wondering <laughs> about it. Am I doing enough here? Am I being true to myself? Am I being honest? I've made 10 cold calls today. Or why aren't I making 15? Why aren't I making 20? Why aren't I making 30? You know, For me, it has been a challenge moving from, if you like, the nine to five mentality yeah. where you, know, you don't really have to think too much about things to all of a sudden realising that everything now falls on you. Running parallel to that is that recognition that sometimes it is all right to have a couple of quiet hours. You know, you want to go and walk the dog, walk the dog, pick the kids up from school, go and do that. It doesn't matter. It's your business. You can do that. And even now, four months in, I, I still struggle with that at times. I wouldn't say it's an imposter syndrome exactly. It's, it's, it's maybe something a little bit more... It's ingrained in you. I mean, you've been yeah. doing it for yeah. so many years. I mean, I remember the conversation we had before Christmas was, look, just accept the fact the construction industry shuts down. Just accept the fact that, you know what, you've got a couple of easy weeks. Yeah. 
the business is doing well. You're hitting the financials that you hoped that you'd expect to do so. Yeah. Go for your bike ride this afternoon. Go for a run. Do what you want to do. And yeah. it must have been quite a difficult thing to hear when you, you you feel like, well, I haven't built the business. And no. you know what? You had the luxury last Christmas. Um, you know, we're in the new year now of having the first really quiet Christmas that you could probably ever have. Correct. And Correct. it just yeah. felt completely counterproductive. Exactly. Alien, in fact, as opposed to just thinking, I need to keep myself busy. I need to be doing more. I need to be doing X, Y, Z. It's, um, it's a mindset I struggle with and I'm, I'm still, I still continue to struggle with, albeit that it is gradually getting easier. And I suppose, you know, thinking about that and, and the battle you're having about getting yourself into that self-employed mode as opposed to the historical nine to five is, how has your work-life balance changed? Do you know, honestly, it's probably rather rather healthier than it ever used to be insofar as, yep, you know, you're working and the work, when you are working, it's intense, you know, you're getting a lot done. But, you know, you do have a little bit more free time. You do have the opportunity to go out and see people, uh, you know, members of your family. Uh, again, I touched on it earlier, you know, go for that bike ride, go for the dog walk, go and pick the kids up from school. You can do that. And actually, it's definitely healthier. If you were to single out one thing, what what is the best thing that you've gained from starting your own insurance brokerage the key thing for me is is confidence it's the realization that this is going to work and with that realization comes a great deal of excitement about the future and you start, you know coming to the realization that actually genuinely the sky's the limit here you can take this wherever you want to go with it the first four months have been incredibly difficult. The next eight months are going to continue to be difficult. And the months, well, the months and the years after that are always going to be difficult because that's the insurance game. But actually, for me, the key thing is the realisation that actually it's no longer a question. You know, that, that what if is now is it's, uh, actually happening. And yeah. with that is comes, you know, the, the confidence and the excitement that come with realising that you're going to make it work is is genuinely indescribable. So for me, that's the big thing. It's, okay. you know, it's, it's that excitement, it's that confidence. And I'll just continue on this theme, actually. We talk, we, mental health is incredibly topical, as is the, the wonderful world of imposter syndrome. Now, your situation is, is I know you're a confidence guy. You like to have that confidence behind you and, and get the wind in your sails. For a lot of people, you would think that those who start their own businesses are overly confident from the starting point of view, whereas here is you've come from a position where uh, you've got a little bit of imposter syndrome, a little bit of self-confidence thinking about whether this is going to be right for you. And bizarrely, you've still made the decision. Yeah. And even more bizarrely is your confidence has grown as a result of that. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't think that that's the journey an individual like you would go on. No, indeed not. And I think it's uh, the, the entire mental process has been really interesting. You know, to step back and analyse it. In the lead up to taking the decision, a big part of my business plan was sort of like, like getting around, like preparing for the worst. I'm not going to sell a single policy for the whole year. Have I got enough money to pay the mortgage, you know, to pay my car lease, to, you know, pay the ever-increasing energy bills, all of this sort of good stuff. You know, have I got enough money to do that? And actually, in a messed up kind of way, that sort of like catastrophic sort of like planning has put me in quite a good place because here we are four months in, pleased to say I am selling policies, it's, it's a slow and steady process. It's, it's very much a gradual build, but, you know, clients are starting to come over now. The benefit there is, you know, once you've got the client in, you know, once you've done the sales job with them, it's highly unlikely that they're going to want to move out first or second renewal because yeah. you've, 
you've laid that groundwork there. So all of a sudden, you can then start to look at that and say, right, the foundations are starting to be laid now. We're in a situation where we can start to grow the business. We can start to take it forwards. Whatever money I can take this year, I can say with confidence I'll be keeping 90% of that next year, in addition to whatever else I might be looking to grow the business with thereafter, basically. So it's, it's, it's interesting for me to sort of like move from that mindset where you prepare for the absolute worst and hope for the best to actually then find yourself in there and realise that actually, you know, it's going to be a great deal better than the worst. And actually, it could be quite a lot closer to what you'd hope for, you know, what you thought the best might be. We talk regularly about it. It's fantastic to see how well your business has done in what is a relatively short period of time. The future is incredibly bright. And the final question before we go into the quickfire questions for you, Tom, is, is if you could give one bit of advice to someone who is on the fence and thinking, is this really for me in starting my own business, what would it be? Back yourself. Now, that, and this is coming from me and my situation, <laughs> with my, 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 my imposter syndrome, you know, my, 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 my mental health issues, my lack of – with all of that, which I, I, I'll talk with great candor and at length to anybody, I think it's really important, but genuinely back yourself. If you're in a situation as an AE where you've got a book of business, do not underestimate the support, respect, and regard that your customers would have for you. The six-month notice period I had with five, it was really sort of encouraging to me to just see the esteem with which my clients held me. Okay, we've got the covenant restrictions there. As I said earlier, I don't intend to mess around with that, but you know, it gives me great confidence that upon conclusion of the covenant, I'll be in a position to readdress and pick up those relationships once more. So with all of that, my advice to anyone looking to do this genuinely is it's a massive leap of faith, categorically the biggest step you'll ever take professionally. And yet, despite that, if you're in any way capable as an AE, and if, to be frank, if you've got to this stage already where you're thinking about making a decision, a lot is you are that capable. Believe me, you know, just back yourself, do it, trust yourself. It's enormous, it's massive, it's terrifying, it's overwhelming, and yet it's completely fulfilling. Excellent. I love that. Thanks again, Tom. Looking now at the quickfire questions, and I know I'm putting you on the spot. You know, I want a sentence or two, a sentence response, so nice and quick. Ready? Yeah, let's go. How hard was it to start up? Hard. <laughs> it's pretty hard. And is that more to do with the process or more about the journey for yourself? The journey, definitely. The actual process itself is relatively straightforward. The importance of doing research on the options available when it comes to FCA authorization or an, or an AR principle. Yeah, very important, uh, albeit that I think there's a lot to be said for trusting your gut. Do your research, do your homework, but at the end of the day, go with your gut. Broken business yourself or getting a broken team to do it, yourself, do it for you? Four months in, I'd say having the broken team behind me would be the preference. Again, leap of faith for people. You know, you're moving away from direct broken into uh, having a team of people doing it behind you. Four months in, and it's fair to say that, yeah, um, the support I get from the broken team at MBS is, is extremely good. So, And, of course, it frees you up to, you know, do what you're good at, which is go out there, maintain client relationships and go and sell. So it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and tell me, the level of support you receive from Momentum to help you exploring the potential of starting up. Good. Yeah, really good. I mean, obviously from yourself and the team behind you, Alistair, but uh, yeah, plenty, plenty of advice given there, plenty of uh, support, plenty of encouragement, access to various, you know, like resources, um, other ARs, again, as I've alluded to earlier, encouraging me to go out and speak to them independently of anything that Momentum might put forward. Yeah, it's been very good. And finally, if you could do one thing differently, what would it have been? Geez. <laughs> uh, if I'd Tom, again, I probably would have done it earlier. 
Uh, and I genuinely, I would have done it earlier. I think coming from a perspective where it's, I, I think looking at where the way things were with my previous advisor, I wish I perhaps jumped on this six to nine months earlier. Thank you, Tom. Really, really appreciate the open and honest you know, approach to today's uh, podcast. Um, I have no doubt that the information you've shared will be incredibly useful for a lot of people who are probably feeling a similar way to you in regards to, is this right for me? What does the imposter syndrome tell me? What does everybody else think in regards to me making this decision to go out on my own? For anybody who's listening to this and wants to find out a little bit more about what Momentum does, please do check our website out, momentumsolutions.co.uk, and I'm sure you can find a hell of a lot of more information there. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks very much indeed. I've enjoyed it.